Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So I was in the shower. I was cleaning my ass and making all shirts all sparkly. Thank you, Clinton. I'm not the funny one. I'm the pretty one. Talk shots. <laughs> I just checked myself out. Music, wine. The glory hole is like a, a like dick theater of a magic trick. Which means your pants had better come off. Mama needs playtime. We're not sluts. We just love love. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good day, good night. <laughs> good golly. <laughs> Don't know where you are or when you're listening to this, uh, but you know, welcome back to another week here at By the By. But hey there and howdy. Yeah, it's good to have you back. Good to be back. Yeah. I am Bradford. And Angela. I am also and Angela. Yeah, you Bradford are. Yeah, and, yeah. And All right, I'm Angela. You're Bradford. <laughs> am I Bradford? I don't know. I don't so know. Confused. Yes. Uh, upcoming events. What do we have? Let's see. We have coming up in July on the 28, 29, 20, 20, something, something, something. Friday. It's a <laughs> the Friday. The end of the month. I know it's the end of the oh, month. No, 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 no. 27th? Uh, 29. 29. On the 29th of July, it's our next pendulum party over at our secret spot. So be there or be square. Let's see. Uh, then at the end of the year, November. Oh, wait, no, October. Oh, before that, yeah, yeah. yeah Don't jump ahead. Sorry, I'm jumping around because I have no idea. Uh, in October, we are going to the Erotic Ball here in Sydney. Yeah, October 8th is going to be in Sydney, which is super exciting. So we'll be doing that. Yeah. And there's also a meet and greet, I think, on the Friday night beforehand. Ooh, fun. So, yeah. Yay. Yeah. So we'll get to see a few folks who are going to be there. And then Saturday, we get to party it up. Woohoo. I'm excited for that. I am. I'm, yeah, really excited. So, yeah, go check it. Uh, do you know the website? Uh, I think it's eroticball.com.au, but there's also a link on our website. Sweet. There you go. And then lastly, but not leastly, is November. Is that a word? Leastly? Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. I just it, said it. It is now. It is now. <laughs> uh, lastly, but not leastly, is November. It is the Escape to the Tropics. Mm-hmm. Once again, you can find out more on our website. It is us partnering with the brilliant people over at Exclusively RHP. To create a fun, safe, sexy place to, uh, you know, relax up in uh, far north Queensland. Yeah, it's a resort takeover. And so we're going to go up there with some sexy swinger friends and we're just going to have some fun and see where things go. But yeah. there are a few events planned. Uh, and then there's also a lot of relax time and play time and, you know, just whatever time. Sexy time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, looking forward to that. Woo. Uh, so this podcast is being released. Uh, at least in Australia, on June 22nd. Mm -hmm. And once again, as this is Pride Month, uh, this day in Pride history, on this day in 2008, All My Life, a film by Maher Sabri, became the first Egyptian film 
to present a positive portrayal of gay men. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Cool. I mean, also, if you're looking ahead to, to tomorrow, uh-huh. uh, on June 23rd, it's the birthday of the Alan Turing. Oh. Father of the computer. Wow. So, you know, if you are father of the theoretical computer, if you're right, right. technical, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm listening to you, my uh, Canadian people, <laughs> always correcting me about my... There's, Anyway, so yes, yeah. There's there's a few of them that you you're gonna get. I know some I comments. Care. Yeah. <laughs> Still, he's the father of the computer. He was a mathematician, mm-hmm. science man, mm-hmm. legendary World War II code breaker, scientician, scientician, but not Scientologist. <laughs> no, no, that's different. Uh, so yes, that's um, that's what's going on. Yeah, and since it is Pride Month, we thought we would have an episode dedicated to icons. Bicons. Angela, what's a bicon? They are, I'm going to say, cultural icons who are bisexual. And I mean, honestly, if you just go to Google and type in bicon or bisexual icon, you will get so many different lists and websites and places and things. There's actually a lot more out there than I think you realize, and also a lot more throughout history, which is really fascinating to me because we often say that. There's not enough visibility in the media. There's not enough visibility, period. And I will absolutely agree with that. But sometimes it's there. And sometimes it's also not necessarily portrayed in the media, but there could be actors, musicians, writers, et cetera, who identify as bisexual. And so that may or may not come across in their work. But there's actually like throughout history, there's a lot of of people. I think it's, I think we should highlight some of them and, and go back and, you know, yay for being public and out there. You've kind of already answered that. But my next question was, Angela, why are bicons important? <laughs> well, because it lets us all know that we're not alone and it highlights to the greater public that sexuality, along with gender, relationship structure, et cetera, but in this case, primarily sexuality, is not just black and white, that, that there are shades of gray and there's everything in between and, and that other sexualities are completely valid. And so I think it's good just to have that in the public eye and, and to be noticed. And, and again, just so that everyone who does identify as bisexual or is questioning, or doesn't even know that it exists, but knows that they don't fit in the box that they're supposed to fit into, that they can see what options there are and that there's other people like them. That's a pretty good fucking answer. <laughs> Excellent. All right, let's jump into it. And the first name off the first... Okay, so, so first oh, of all, sorry, sorry. I printed off a list of bicons earlier today, cut them all up, put them into an envelope. So Bradford's just going to randomly pull names, and then we're going to see who they are. You betcha. First cab off the rank, Giorgio Armani. Oh, who would that be, Bradford? I have no idea. I know Giorgio Armani as a epic menswear uh, mm-hmm. designer. I'm going to assume he made ladies wear as well. I don't know that answer, but I do know he made some excellent menswear. And uh, I'm going to guess he... I don't know when he was alive, but I'm going to say mid-1900s. Okay, that was my next question. I was going to uh, challenge you. I'm going to guess he was born in 1920-something and died probably not yet. Okay, so you're close. He was born July 11th, 1934. Oh, okay, okay. So you're right, you're right. He is Italian. Yes, I mean, right, right. An Italian designer. Kind of guess, yeah, yeah. Uh, so he was credited- Is he still alive? Yes, he is still alive. Woo-hoo. So, yay. Good for him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good for you, buddy. Uh, so he's credited with pioneering red carpet fashion. Oh, and okay. 
So he created the Giorgio Armani label in 1975. Okay. And I think at this point, most people um, have at least heard of, of Armani, right? I would let's, assume Let's so. assume. Let's, we'll say most, peop, most people in the Western, Western world. Western world, yeah. I say in the Western world. So if you want to know a little bit about his history, yes. he had a brief stint in the military. Then he became a window dresser for a department store in Milan. And that was in, let's see, it looks like 1957. Okay. And then he went on to sell menswear in this um, department store. So he learned a lot about the fashion industry there. Then he began work as a designer for different labels, then launched his own in 1975. And then in the 80s, he was the first designer to start dressing celebrities for the red carpet. And so a lot of stars have worn his works. We're not going to go through a list because it's a huge list of people who've worn his his clothing. Okay. Um. But like you said, he's also well-known for menswear, particularly. He created suits for The Dark Knight in 2008, ah. American Gigolo in 1980, uh, The Wolf of Wall Street in 2013, and then there's also a huge other list as well. But those are some of the ones I think that at least Bradford would recognize anyway. <laughs> Much appreciated. Uh-huh. Uh, he also has designed a number of Lady Gaga's outfits. Cool. So, yeah, that's really awesome. And so apparently as of 2015, he is, is, was the world's richest openly LGBTQI person with a net worth in 2015. Do you want to guess? I really don't because I have no idea. I'm going to guess like, I don't like what's a big net worth nowadays? Like, because there are people who are worth billions upon billions of dollars. Um, I don't know. Let's say 500 million. 7.3 billion. Holy shit. I have no idea how much money is. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's that's quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently, though, with regard to his sexuality, he's pretty private about his life. Okay. I mean, understandably, yeah, sure, you yeah. would be, right? I mean, I mean if you're, $7 billion, if you're, you, can, you can be private. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Because uh, there's... Anyway, um, <laughs> but he, in 2000, he was interviewed by Vanity Fair. And he said, I have had women in my life and sometimes men. Oh, <laughs> you know what? That's all that people need to know. Good for you. <laughs> Way to go, Giorgio. Yeah. But yeah, so it's interesting. And if you're ever looking for another fellow, you know, I have a granddad thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think about like the cool clothing he could dress you in. Uh, just And undress me in. And undress you. Yeah. <laughs> I need to learn how to speak Italian amongst <laughs> other things like English. <laughs> Yeah, but that's pretty cool, though. Like somebody that's a huge fashion icon and who's done all this stuff, like, you know, just kind of there sitting quietly like, hey, yeah, doing my thing. This is how I, this is how I roll. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next up. OK, who's next? Somerset. Mohem, Moghem, M-A-U-G-H-A-M. I recognize the name mm-hmm. only as an American novelist. I couldn't tell you a single book that he's written. OK, I was going to I know he's dead. Do you want to see a picture? But I don't think a picture is going to help. help me. Okay. No. Um, I'm not sure how to say the last name either. Somerset Mom? Mom? I don't know. Mom? It's M-A-U-G-H-A-M. Yeah. Like you said. Uh, so, yeah. Do you want to guess the time period when he lived? Oh, gosh. I'm going to guess he probably died in the 70s, maybe. Yeah, we'll say the mid-70s. So, he died in 74. He was born in 1901. A little bit off. Oh, damn. He was born January 25th, 1874. Oof. He died in the 50s? He died December 16th, 1965. Oh, wow. He's an old feller. Yeah, yeah. And he was f- his. He was born in the UK. 
So he's oh. officially British. Oh. Uh, but he is an author. Okay. And he was actually one of the highest paid authors of his time. Wow. Do you know his best known work? I have no idea. Okay. Ni- I feel like I should know it. But it's, it's a 1915 novel. Okay. Of human bondage. Okay. I've heard of it. So, I can tell you what it is. Yeah. So the novel is about a medical student who becomes obsessed with a vulgar woman. <laughs> and, haven't we all yeah and their relationship does not include sex but there's a lot of sadomasochism in it and so he repeatedly returns to her as she becomes more and more abusive wow. and it's only when he conquers his passion that he can become successful Woofed. so yeah i mean that's like that was like <laughs> early el james <laughs> i feel like i should read this book yeah i mean it's got to be better than uh 50 shades but He's got an interesting background, though, because in World War One, he served with the Red Cross, and then he was recruited into the British Secret Intelligence Service. So that's kind of cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And then um, during and after the war, he went to India, Southeast Asia, so that later impacted some of his, his future works and stuff. Um, he had a relationship with a married woman. They had a child. She got divorced. She married him. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was an unhappy marriage, however. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> Uh, and then they separated, and he, he lived ever after in the French Riviera with his partner, Gerald Haxton, until Haxton died in 1944. Then he lived with Alan Searle, Surly, I don't know, until his own death in 1965. Wow. So in addition to the 13-year marriage that he had, he had affairs with other women, and uh, he once told his nephew, Robin Mom, Mogum, I don't know how to say, I really should look up how to say these names before I do this. Anyway. It's fine. It's fine. Um, he said, I tried to persuade myself that I was three quarters normal and that only a quarter of me was queer, whereas it really was the other way around. Interesting. Yeah. That's funny. I like it. Yeah. Poor fella. I know. It's, oh. it's hard, but you must imagine that, like you said, like you're trying to convince yourself of something, right? And, and society says, this is how you're supposed to be. And you're like, all right, I'm going to do this. But then you're kind of like, but no, that's not me. And he obviously embraced that it's on some level, yeah. but there's also probably a little bit of guilt and shame kind of buried deep in there, right? Uh, clearly. Yeah. Yeah. Because he uses the words normal. Yeah. 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 Language is, is really telling there. Yeah. Especially for an author. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just, I like that. Like, I loved looking through some of these lists because there's such a variety of people. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. already we've got a, a fashion designer and an author. Yeah. <laughs> Who's next? Next up. Tennessee Williams. So oh. we're still in the arts. All right. All right. Uh, I know Tennessee Williams as an American playwright who wrote Glass Menagerie mm-hmm. and A Streetcar Named Desire. Well done. Stella! There's, a- amongst other things. I was going to say, there's another really um, popular one. Cat on a Hot Tin Roof? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, there's probably another one that I probably should know. Uh, something House or something. Sweet Bird of Youth. Okay, yeah. Would you not? No, no I, wouldn't get that one. Okay. Yeah, I'm happy to get. Uh, I guess Doll's House is what I was thinking. That's Ibsen. Oh, right. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'm glad to have gotten the three that I got. Yeah, that's well done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guess the time period. When was he alive? Oh man, so man, this makes me try to think of when the productions of Streetcars Named Desire and all that was. He was probably born in eighteen. 18- it does not start with an 18. Does it not? Is it 19? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, then 1905 and died in 1977. 
Just a few years off each way. Okay. Uh, he was born March 26, 1911. Okay. And he died February 25th, 1983. Okay. So I, I thought he died within my lifetime. Yeah, you were about so five that's, to seven years yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. 1983 though. That means that I was, it's, it's shit like that kills me. Cause that means that I was old enough to at least have seen the news mm-hmm. thing and go, that person's dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, which is yeah. just kind of interesting. Um, Okay. Yep, and so like you said, he was a playwright, and he's very had some very very well known we'll brilliant works. playwright. Yeah, yeah, well well known works, and, and appropriately so. Uh, he's often thought to have been gay because he had a lot of relationships with men, and those were very well documented in his memoirs. But he also does talk about having quality romantic relationships with women as well. Aww. So. It's interesting as in, in this case that, you know, people have this vision of him being gay, but in actuality, there's there's a little more to it. And, and sometimes we forget that because, and that happens a lot in bisexual relationships, is that people peg you as, you know, either homosexual or heterosexual based upon who your partner is and their gender. Yeah. And that's not necessarily fair because there's a lot that lies under the surface that people may not see. Well, it goes back to what we've said many a time, which is so many, so many people are categorized by a snapshot, right? Mm -hmm. We see you with a man, we see you with a man, we see you with a woman, whatever. And so in the end, what that means is that we're forgetting a certain part of, of who you are because we're only looking at what's happening right now, right the second. So you're either uh, gay or straight. Yeah. And that's, that's by, that's called ladies and gentlemen, by erasure. (laughs) Today's lesson. Children, children, <laughs> focus. <laughs> I hear you talking in the back. Stop it. <laughs> They're talking about Tennessee Williams. I hope so. How, you should. How brilliant he was. Uh, and yeah. Do you want to, do you want to take a guess on when the, when those came out? Cause I know you were saying you were trying to guess oh, his age man. or when he lived based on when they came out. So of those three, we'll stick with streetcar, cat and glass yeah. menagerie. Yeah. I think that. Or at least get the order. Can you do the order? I think that Glass Menagerie was the first one. Correct. And then Streetcar was the last. So it's Streetcar. Oh, is it not? Is no. it? All right. So Glass Menagerie, then Cat, or then Streetcar, then Cat. Okay. Yes. yes. And so Glass Menagerie was probably 1944. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm really impressed right now. Because <laughs> I knew about how old he was when he started being successful. Uh, okay, and, I, okay. and that was the only reason. I was like, all right. So he was right at about, you know, 33, 32, uh-huh, 33 uh-huh. when Menagerie was, became really popular or was written, oh, I guess. well done. Um, the other two, I wouldn't know. I would say Cat was probably 1956. Five. Five. Okay. Yeah. Yep. And Streetcar was 47. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Well done. I'm impressed. That was... <laughs> I, I do, I do have a special place in my heart for American playwrights of the early 1900s. <laughs> <laughs> this tiny little corner down there, this tiny little corner, and especially Tennessee. It's Williams. labeled. It's labeled American playwrights. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, it's it's interesting. So anybody who's not familiar with those three plays, they really do focus on. Uh, I'm going to say isolationism, mental health, especially. A special kind of isolationism, isolationism, either from cultural isolation, uh, race, racial. Uh, Tennessee Williams had a really good way of understanding the South specifically. Yeah. But yeah, good stuff. Highly recommended.
All right. Up next. Who do we have? We have Catherine Hepburn. I'm, I'm pretty sure most people out there have heard of Catherine Hepburn. I'm going to admit I know less about Catherine Hepburn than I do Tennessee Williams, which that's embarrassing. I know she is a very famous American actress. Mm-hmm. I don't think I could tell you a single film that she's done, but I know she's been on Broadway in a few things. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's interesting. She's, yeah. yeah. So I wish I could name a single movie she was in and people are, I can hear them screaming. The microphone people are screaming at me. I know she was on Broadway in a few musicals, so yeah. I know she's a singer and I feel confident that she was nominated for Tony Awards if she hadn't she may have even won but that I don't know yeah so she was I was gonna say the one that I really remember from growing up was on Golden Pond Mm. um in the early 80s yes that's such a good film yeah and there was that's like what 1982 uh 81 81 okay yeah yeah and she's got she was in a number of other films as well so she was born in 1907 okay and died in 2003 so wow so okay good long life there uh, you're right. She was American as well. And she was in a lot of American classics, but she was really known for androgynous fashion and then like being kind of assertive and, and a little grr. <laughs> I like that. I also like the way you're doing your hands. <laughs> uh, so she did win an Academy Award for Best Actress in her third film, Morning Glory. That which, sounds vaguely familiar. Yeah, I've heard of it, but I, I don't think I've seen it. No, me neither. Um, and then she kind of had things happen and whatever. And then she bought the rights to a play that she starred in the Philadelphia story. Okay. And then she also starred in the movie, which she had another Academy Award nomination for. But what she's really, like I said, what she's really known for is wearing pants at a time when women could be arrested for being in public masquerading as men. Wow. Um by, you know, wearing pants and androgynous clothing. How dare you wear pantaloons? I know. know. And she had many lovers, including Nancy Hamilton and Frances Rich. She was known to be more focused on partnership than passion, and that didn't sit well with the men. And apparently she had, she was with Spencer Tracy for quite a long time, a number of decades, it says. Okay. But she only lived with other women and he stayed with his wife, though they always enjoyed each other's companionship and would often meet up for dinner. Wow. So it sounds like a little open relationship. I love it. I don't know if that's it, but I I hope it is. I don't know if it is or if it's just like a deep rooted, like, you know, good, solid friendship and partnership kind of thing. Um, I mean, again, who knows what romanticism was there or not there kind of thing. But it's just, I just, again, maybe that goes into polyamory then. Yeah. Like, and ultimately with your way you're describing it, maybe she was asexual. Maybe, maybe. she just wanted companionship and yeah. being around people that she liked and felt like she could trust. Yeah. And she really wasn't looking for sex. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, I was going to say another, someone else, Scotty Bowers, he swore that the Hepburn-Tracy relationship was just a cover, claiming that she was a lesbian and that her long-term boyfriend Tracy was bi. Wow. But Oof, I mean, I like that too. It's it's an allegation, right? Who knows what actually was, but either way, it's just, I feel like this whole, the nebulousness of it mm-hmm. is really interesting because I feel like that's how a lot of relationships end up happening and being is, yeah. is sometimes it can be hard to define exactly what it is. And I mean, surely they weren't like, you know, flaunting and like Salacious. specifically saying about yeah. it. Yeah. What, what they're doing. Um, and here next paragraph, she was always a very private person and <laughs> did not talk about her personal life. So she just existed and did not care about labels and how others interpreted. Good for her. her. Yeah. I like it. Um, 
Yeah. And then here it says that when she passed away in June of 2003, in her eulogy, Mary McNamara of the LA Times wrote, Catherine Hepburn was the patron saint of the independent American female. That's awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's, I just, again, I like how it's just, she was what she was and yeah. fuck you if you and, don't like and it. y'all be damned you can talk yeah. about it or not talk about it i really don't care <laughs> that's great i love it i like that attitude me too yeah. Good for her and she even like i don't know this picture here has she has a little twinkle in her eye i like it it's <laughs> great angela's crushing on Kath- Catherine hepburn i mean yeah <laughs> and <laughs> nothing there's no and <laughs> and next there is an and it's who's next oh <laughs> uh, fair enough uh the next one up is Whitney Houston. All right. Will you always love me, Bradford? I will. I will. Yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll always be your bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we have an American actress and singer. Yes. Uh, when was she born? Gosh, she was born in 1940. No, 1960. Four. 63. God damn, you're good at this. <laughs> this is why you're guessing and not me. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, I was just trying to, again, trying to think about, okay, how old am I? How old, is she, how mm-hmm. old was she? Because she died in 2002? 12. 12, okay. G- give her a little more time there. Babe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I remember it was it was tragic and way too soon. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I couldn't remember exactly where I was when she died. Yep, so she's often cited as the most awarded female artist of all time by Guinness World Records. Yep. She remains one of the best-selling musical artists of all time with 200 million records sold worldwide. Wow. That seems like a big number. I don't know how others compare, but that sounds big. 200 million does seem like a lot. (laughs) Yes, yes. It sounds like a giant number. So with the guidance of Clive Davis, she signed with Arista Records. Arista Records? What do you say? Where do you put the emphasis? Uh, She signed with them at age of 19. Wow, young. Yeah, yeah. So both of her first two studio albums reached number one in the Billboard 200 in the U.S. Whitney was one of them, right? Yep. Yep. Whitney Houston. So Whitney Houston. And, okay. Well, then there was Whitney. So. Okay, Whitney, I remember one, that one. I didn't remember. Yeah. Well, yeah, I love it. Like, Whitney, okay. Whitney Houston. Oh, oh, okay. Yep. And she was the only artist to have seven consecutive number one singles in the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 chart. Wow. That's pretty fucking amazing. That's a huge number of songs. Yeah. Yeah, and then her uh, acting debut was in The Bodyguard. The Bodyguard with yeah. Kevin Costner. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You'll always be my bodyguard. <laughs> uh, she received, or the soundtrack, I guess, album, received a Grammy Award for Album of the Year. Of course. Yeah, as you can imagine. Uh, she was also in Waiting to Exhale and The Preacher's Wife. I vaguely remember those. Yeah. And, yeah, you're right. She had a very tragic death. In 2012. Drug related, yes. Mm, yeah, it's uh, she accidentally drowned in the bathtub with heart disease and cocaine as contributing oh, factors. Poor thing. I mean, yeah, yeah, that sucks. Um, but in his 2016 memoir, Every Little Step, My Story, uh, Bobby Brown, her ex-husband, talked about her bisexuality. And he claims that he knew about her relationship with Robin. And he speculated that they denied the relationship because Whitney's mother would disapprove. Oh, uh, after years of silence, Robin Crawford confirmed her romantic relationship with Whitney Houston in her 2019 memoir, A Song for You, My Life with Whitney Houston. So, not just speculation. Well, that's yes, just... It was. It's sad, though, that it it's... It is sad. That, like, I mean, the whole thing is just tragic, right? I mean, I mean, she had a bit of a tumultuous life and obviously a very yeah. successful life. But at the same time, it kind of feels like 
you know, if you can't be out about your relationship, I just, I mean, I know, and I know a lot of people are like that and they can't. And, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but I still think it just sucks because I feel like as well, if she had been more, had been able to be more forthcoming about that, you know, what impact would that have had on children and teenagers at the time and people growing up, you know? Because, I mean, if it's there, but if it's not, like, super visible and in the media, then you don't maybe But also, it. it was the 80s, 70s, I know, 80s, and I know, 90s. I know, I know. And it's a, it's a tough time. Yeah. yeah. All right. So let's, I was going to say let's take an ad break, but let's uh, pick up with a more positive one. Okay. All and right. then we'll take an ad break. What do we break. got? Uh, we have one of my heroes. Uh, okay. Billy Joe Armstrong. Yep. Yep. I knew that one was coming up. Yeah. <laughs> so... Of course, lead singer of the greatest punk rock, which I saw just the other day. Punk rock is now dad rock. <laughs> I can get it. I'm fine. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, lead singer of Green Day. Yeah. Who has some of the greatest albums of all time, including but not limited to Dookie and American Idiot. Yep. Yep. Also, Revolution Radio, the, their one, which is not their newest, but their second to newest. It's just a great album. Mm-hmm. Do you know when he was born? Uh, Nineteen seventy-four. Two. Nineteen seventy-two. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, started Green Day nineteen eighty-seven. Um, he and Mike Durnt when they were both teenagers, and and Dookie was was their third album. It was their big one that really kind of launched them. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then American Idiot was the rock opera. Yeah, which is oh my god, it's, it's fantastic. Such- if and, you haven't seen it, check it out. Well, and then it was turned into a musical, what, 16 mm-hmm. years later, 18 years mm-hmm. later? Yep, yep. Uh, in a 1995 interview with The Advocate, he talked about his sexuality and said, I think I've always been bisexual. I mean, it's something that I've always been interested in. I think people are born bisexual, and it's just that our parents and society kind of veer us off into this feeling of, oh, I can't. They say it's taboo. It's ingrained in our heads that it's bad when it's not bad at all. It's a very beautiful thing. When What year was that? 1995. Good for him. Woof. Man, why didn't I read that when I was a youngster? <laughs> and he says that the song Coming Clean is about thinking about his sexuality yep. as a teenager in San Francisco. That's from yeah. Dookie, right? I think. I'm not sure about that Again, one. And there are people yelling at me. Yeah, probably. This one I'm going to look up <laughs> because it's important enough. And then he's also a member. I love this. Like, talk about different interests. He's a member of the board of directors of Project Chimps, which is a sanctuary for former research chimpanzees. I didn't know. I love that. that. I didn't know that thing. was a thing. But good for him. <laughs> yeah. It is from Dookie, just as an FYI. Okay. Okay. It's a great song. I remember it, but it's a yeah. Yeah. That album's great. Oof. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's definitely one that is out loud, proud, and just great. I, th- I think for me, the thing I always such a good artist I always remembered about him was the eyeliner. Yep. And the painted nails. Yeah. It's like, and I remember thinking, oh man, if he can do it, maybe I can do it. And I still, honestly, I think every time I put on eyeliner, I think of, I think of him. Do you, do you channel him a little bit? Just a little bit. You, f- you feel a little bit, a little bit of a uh, Billy Joe Armstrong in you? Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, wouldn't that be the dream? <laughs> uh-huh. uh, so Angela and I got to see Green Day live in Sydney. What, it was a few years ago. Six years ago, yeah. five years ago. It's been a while yeah. now, but that still ranks up there with one of my favorite concerts of all time it was a great concert yeah yeah we were in the nosebleeds but it was it was on their revolution radio tour Mm. and so good highly recommend seeing them he's so good to the uh, the people like audience members Mm -hmm. asking them to come up and play and to sing if they know the song and one of the young ladies he got up on stage 
played his guitar and then he gave her the guitar. Mm-hmm. That's just fucking cool. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I like it when you go Yeah, I like it when you go to a concert and like they're interactive with the audience as opposed to just okay, we're here to play, you're going to watch us. Like that's not fun. No. At least yeah. at least acknowledge interact do something, right? Yeah. And it was cool. Yeah. I love it. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner 3 days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello, hello, hello. Is uh, learning about all these bicons turning you on like it's turning me on? Are you looking for something to, you know, work yourself over while we talk about all these sexy, wonderful people from history? Well, if you are, then go to adamandeve.com. Find a toy that fits your purpose, suits your sexuality, and uh, just makes you happy. When you buy it, use checkout code by the by. That's B-Y-T-H-E-B-I. What do you get for using that code? Well, you'll get that item that you chose at 50% off. Not only that, you'll get free shipping, shipping, shipping. I don't have an echo button, but I feel like I feel like it deserves it because free shipping is, you know, look, look at the way gas is going nowadays. It's going through the roof. And so free shipping, that's important. That's right. So use checkout code by the by B Y T H E B I. Get your item at 50% off, get free shipping, get some extra toys thrown into your box for you and six videos on demand. That's checkout code by the by at adamandeve.com. And Oh yeah. What's up? I'm 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 laxed on my on Uh my drawing abilities. Let's see. Next up, we have Jamila Jamil. Easy for you to say. I know. Actually, right? it is. It's really easy to say. Okay, so this is somebody that you probably don't know their name. I do not know their name. But when you see a picture, you will know exactly who it is. Wait, is this a, this is, yes, the uh, the actress from A Good Place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love her. Yep. Yep. So she's British. She's from the UK. Oh, she's. I really like her as an actress as well. Yeah, she's great. Do you know when she was born? Start with that. She's, she's probably a baby. She's probably 1983? Six. Six. Okay. 1986. So yeah, she's she's a bit younger, or at least than us. Uh, <laughs> she's an English actor, model, podcaster, and activist. So she actually started her career hosting music shows, talk shows, reality shows, advice shows, like hosting, stuff okay. like that. And uh, she wrote f- uh, for a women's monthly magazine company for a few years. And then she became the first solo female host uh, on BBC Radio 1 chart show. 
Okay. We're not British. We don't know these things. I'm sure. Probably probably. If you're from uh, the UK, <laughs> that's why. Whoa, it really? Like you know something. Uh, but then she, yeah, went to LA to be a screenwriter. And instead, she ended up auditioning for The Good Place. And I mean, that's how we know or yeah. how we learned about And we've her. seen her in other things. Yep. She also has voice characters in DuckTales and uh, <laughs> Mira and Royal Detectives, some Disney series. Um, she has a podcast that she launched in 2020 that talks about women's accomplishments, body positivity, activism, racial inclusion. It's called I Weigh with Jamila Jamil. Cool. Um, apparently she was anorexic when she was younger. And so she's, you know, very vocal about that. And she refuses to have her own images photoshopped. Good for her. Yeah. And yeah, she was in 2019 on the cover of the British Vogue. And in 2020, she came out as bisexual. And she told the Times, I guess I'm bisexual, but I also quite fancy everyone. That's just great. That's just Um, great. I love that. Yeah. But it sounds like she's just having fun, living her best life. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And she's a great actress. And yeah, if you never saw The Good Place, go watch it. It's Yeah. It's good fun. It's fun. Yeah. It's a fun show. But I am now going to have to check out her podcast because I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, Mm. Cynthia Nixon. I only know her as an actress Mm -hmm. in Sex and the City. She's the redhead who I think's named Miranda. Yes. Well done for not really watching it. I was forced to watch a lot (laughs) of Sex and the City. (laughs) Oh, that must have been before my time. Previous partner. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I remember her like she was the one that was the rational, practical Mm. one of the four crazy ladies Mm -hmm. in New York. So do you know when she was born? Probably 1964. 1966. Okay. Uh, so yeah, she's, like you said, American. She is an actress. She's also an activist. So like you said, she's most well known, well, for me and you, clearly, <laughs> most well known for the role of Miranda on Sex and the City. Okay. And in also the 2022 revival and just like that which never saw that so don't really know whatever happened with that she was also on, she's been on broadway a few times Has again she? i think she's got a tony nomination not in musicals but in plays oh i'm unaware of this just looking it up now there's also something else i think that's really fascinating about her but we'll see what you come up with first on the broadway thing Yes, she has won two Tony Awards. Oh, wow. That's right. This is why I remember her. She won in 2006 for uh, Rabbit Hole. Um, And so she was nominated in 95, 2006, 2012, and in 2017. She won both in 2006 and 2017. Cool. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, then in 2018... She announced her campaign for governor of New York. That's right. I remember yeah. that too. Yeah. So she was um, challenging Andrew Cuomo. Gotcha. And her, she was focused on income inequality, renewable energy, universal health care, protecting undocumented children. Obviously she lost because, <laughs> you know, who yeah. wants those things? Um, <laughs> Weirdos. She's always been an advocate for LGBTQI plus rights, um, particularly same-sex marriage. So she won a visibility award from the Human Rights Campaign in 2018. And um, as far as her personal life goes, after many relationships with men, she began dating education activist Christine Marinoni. Okay. Again, I should probably know how to pronounce this. Uh, In 2004 and 2012, they were married. And now with regards to their relationship, 
Uh, Cynthia Nixon said, in terms of sexual orientation, I don't really feel I've changed. I don't feel there was a hidden part of my sexuality that I wasn't aware of. I'd been with men all my life and I'd never fallen in love with a woman. But when we did, it didn't seem so strange. I'm just a woman in love with another woman. And then several years later, she told another, she told the advocate, while I don't often use the word, the technical precise term for my orientation is bisexual. I believe bisexuality is not a choice. It is a fact. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Again, just, you know, you love who you love. Yeah. I love it. Doesn't matter. (laughs) That's yeah. It's just really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know the whole Tony thing. That's pretty cool. And next. Next up, we have Stephanie Beatrice. You know who this one is. Rosa from Brooklyn Uh Nine-Nine. She's also the voice of the little girl in in Canto. Maribel. Maribel. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. What else has she done? She's one of the voices on Bob's Burgers. Yep. Repeated character. I think. I I can't remember who. Yes. And she was in... uh, in the Heights. Mm-hmm. She was one of the uh, salon girls in, in the Heights. Yeah. Very talented singer, actor. Yeah. And she always makes me laugh with her. She always looks like she could kill you. <laughs> I will agree. She does. Like yes. when I found out her, she was the voice of Mirabelle, I was like, oh, but she's scary. Well, now that little girl's even scary. Yeah, right. <laughs> Which is funny once you know that. Maybe that's, you know, why you probably shouldn't know. Because then once you know who's behind it, you kind of give that character a even just a little bit of yeah. their persona, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Um, but yes, she was born in 1981. Oh, so that makes sense. Okay, yeah. Yep. And I don't know if I had a guess to that. Do you know where she's originally from? Uh, Dominican Republic? Puerto Rico. Argentina. Ah, damn. Little further south, babe. We should get her playing the new Evita. Uh-huh. That'd be badass. Oh, yeah, that would. <laughs> that would be great. Sorry, Madonna. <laughs> it's time for a really real Argentinian. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so like you said, she's best known for Detective Rosa Diaz on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Such a great role. Uh, she was in In the Heights, Maribel, in Encanto. In, in 2016, she came out as bisexual on Twitter with just one short word. Yep. And it I was... I just love that. And it was, but it was the caption underneath it was like, there's a screenshot beneath it okay. um, from Bust Magazine that says, I fall in love with girls and guys. I can't help it. Yeah. Um, and it has a picture of her. I think it... It's from is okay. So I didn't realize that was her either. So it's a picture of her f- from Parks and Rec, and I guess I don't know if that's something her character said in it because I don't remember those things. Look, I didn't watch yeah. a lot of Parks and Rec. I, I was I was an office I was an office okay. boy, not a Parks and Rec. Yeah, boy. it was hit and miss for me. Um, but anyway, since then she's affirmed her bisexuality. It's she, she's not shy about it whatsoever. Um, at one point, she was asked when she first knew she was bisexual, and she said. My mom took us to see this Frida Kahlo exhibit at the Houston Museum of Art when I was like 11, and all I did was stare at the boobs. There were boobs everywhere. <laughs> That's great. Uh, and then in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, her character came out as bisexual as well on the show. Yep, I remember that. And she spoke about, after that, she spoke about biracial and media and visibility for the Latinx community. Okay. Um, and in 2019, Beatrice and co-star Melissa Fumero were the Masters of Ceremonies at the National Hispanic Media Coalition Impact Awards. Cool. And in 2018, she married actor Brad Haas. And in 2021, she announced her pregnancy who for their daughter that was born in August. I remember that because she was doing the voice for Mirabelle while pregnant. Yep. Yep. That's cool. Yep. So anyway, she's very openly bisexual out in media and... Obviously plays bisexual characters. So again, getting that representation out there and, and letting people see. Yeah. It's also, you know, good to have 
bisexual characters played by bisexual people. I know, right? And so rare. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. She's such a great actress, though. Yeah. And beautiful voice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Next up. Who, who are we drawing out next? Uh, mm, Homer Simpson's favorite. Francis Bacon. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. We're getting back into history here. Yeah, this one goes. There's, I, it's funny because I put a few from history in and we haven't really gotten too many. No, but. I mean, it's random, so. Francis Bacon is a philosopher scientist guy who, was he the scientific method or was that somebody else? Yes. And yes, it was. I'm going to say, we'll say somewhere in the mid 1500s. 1561. Okay. That's close enough. Yeah. Yeah. And I have no idea when he died. Probably 1615. 26. 1626. Okay. Yeah. So Francis Bacon, first Viscount St. Alban. Vicomte. Vicomte. Really? Yeah. Because uh, the only reason I know that. Okay. Francis Bacon, first Vicomte St. Alban. Uh, uh, because. I don't even know what that in, actually means. In Phantom of the Opera, Raoul is the Vicomte de Chagny. No, I, just know it's a, I just know it's a fancy name. I don't really know what it means. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm I don't little, know what it I'm, means I'm either. I'm ignorant with that. I, I, look, time for, the, time for okay. a Google check. I was going to say, I'm very ignorant when it comes to these things. Uh, but he was an English philosopher, statesman. He was Attorney General, Lord Chancellor of England. He is credited with developing the scientific method, and he remained influential throughout the scientific revolution. Oh. He, uh, just real quick, yeah. if anybody's interested, a vicomte is the fourth rank in the British peerage system, standing directly below an earl and above a baron. Oh, cool. Okay. There you go. Yeah. You know. He's important. Yeah. Somewhere. Somewhere. He, he's in the royal ranks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so he's also been called the father of empiricism. So his works argued for the possibility of scientific knowledge based only upon inductive reasoning and careful observation of events. And he also argued that science could be achieved by the use of a skeptical and methodical approach whereby scientists aim to avoid misleading themselves. Oh, I like that. Yeah. He should, God, he should have a Twitter account. <laughs> so many people he can talk to. Um, so yeah, although his practical ideas about such a method did not have a long-lasting influence. The general idea of the importance and possibility of a skeptical methodology makes him the father of the scientific method. And in 1581, he was elected to Parliament. So, and he served there for about 30 years or so. And he was he spoke against religious persecution in his time in Parliament, which is you know a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> he was the first recipient of the Queen's Council designation, which was conferred in 1597 by Elizabeth I. And he was Attorney General of England and Wales. And his political career apparently ended in scandal Ooh. in 1621 when he was charged with 23 counts of corruption. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> happens to the best of us. I mean, he, he... That shows us that one thing is true. When In 400 years, politics has not changed. Well, he acknowledged that he was guilty. Uh, but he felt that the accusations were politically motivated and his acceptance of gifts was very much the custom of the time. I love it. Look, <laughs> look, bitches, I did it. I did it. But the only reason you're calling me out is because you don't like me. Yeah, yeah, because you do it too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm Sir Francis Bacon. Fuck you, vegans. <laughs> 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 he was once engaged to a woman who ended up marrying another man and, later, and later married a woman, Alice Barnum. 
And there was a lot of speculation about his sexuality. And even during his life, there were a number of accounts of him having male lovers. Well, that's because he was really for the scientific method. Yeah. You have to try all eventualities <laughs> to make sure you know what's what. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to accept all gifts, right? Right. <laughs> So I'd like to give you my peen. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> Hello. I would like to show you my breasts. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, just doing what's proper, correct? <laughs> Only polite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so see, even even politicians way, way back hundreds of years. So were politically corrupt. Yeah. And they're the you know, they were they're slutty too. Slutty. It's fine. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I have one that I can't say, and I will honestly say that I have never heard this name. Okay, we're probably going to have to look up how to pronounce it. <laughs> Felix Yusupov. Yes, I had not heard of this person either. This was from one of those Google lists, right? Okay. So I think that's a pretty good pronunciation. Felix Yusupov, Y-U-S-U-P-O-V. I'm going to guess that Felix is Russian. He is Russian, uh, Russian Federation, because he was born in 1887 and died in 1967. So Prince okay. Felix, wow, what a name. Listen to this. <laughs> I'm ready. Prince Felix Felixovich Yusupov, Count, uh, I'm going to totally butcher this one, Count Samarokov, S-U-M-A-R-O-K-O-V, okay. Elston. He was a Russian aristocrat, prince, and count from the Yusupov family. He's best known for participating in the assassination of Grigory Rasputin and marrying the niece of Tsar Nicholas II. He was just a politician, public figure kind of guy. Okay. I mean, I say just, but you know, yeah. That, yeah. So apparently he participated in the assassination of, of Grigory Rasputin. Oofed. And according to Yusupov, he invited Rasputin to his home shortly after midnight, ushered him into the basement, offered Rasputin tea and cakes, which had been laced with cyanide. At first, Rasputin refused the cake, but then he began to eat them. And to his surprise, Rasputin did not appear affected by the cyanide. <laughs> so he asked for some Madeira wine, which had also been poisoned. Or Rasputin asked for wine, yeah. which had been poisoned. He drank three glasses, still showed no signs of distress. Holy shitballs. Was, <laughs> was he a Terminator? Well, apparently he'd been practicing. Clearly. <laughs> he'd been practicing on the whole cyanide thing. So at around 2.30 a.m., Yusupov excused himself to go upstairs where the other conspirator people were waiting. And can you imagine that conversation? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know, when you've had one of those parties and you're like, I just wish the people would leave. And you're like, I've been poisoning these people for two and a half hours and they're still alive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then he took a revolver from Dmitry Pavlovich. 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 Well, sure, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, so then anyway, he returned to the basement referring to a crucifix that was in the room. He told Rasputin that he'd, quote, better look at the crucifix and say a prayer. And then shot him once in the chest. Thought he was dead. Oh, God. Drove to Rasputin's apartment with Sukhotin. I don't know, one of the others. Okay. Wearing uh, Rasputin's coat and hat in an attempt to make it look as though he had returned home that night. Oh, clever. Yeah, very clever. Okay, look, I've watched enough horror movies <laughs> to know that you got to double tap them. Like, especially after he's eaten and drank cyanide and you're like, oh, well, I just shot him. He's dead now. You're like, no, he's about to jump up and kill the rest of your people. Yeah. Well, um, so yeah, upon returning to the palace, Yusupov went back to the basement to ensure that Rasputin was dead. Should have probably done that beforehand. But yeah, okay. that seems, yeah. Um, suddenly, Rasputin leaped up and attacked Yusupov. Holy shit. Again, totally butchered the name, but that's probably fine. Um, anyway, 
So he leaped up and attacked Yusupov, who, with some effort, freed himself and fled upstairs. <laughs> Rasputin followed. And you know he was shitting himself at that point. <laughs> oh, like. yeah. <laughs> Rasputin followed and made it into the palace's courtyard before being shot by Purish- Purishkevich. Yeah. I'm going to guess one of the other conspirators. Sure. And collapsing into a snowbank. The conspirators then wrapped his body in cloth, drove it to a bridge, the Petrovsky Bridge, and dropped it into the Malaya Nevka River. Okay. And that was it. So he finally did Three die. days later. Yeah. Three days later, he resurfaces now. <laughs> I mean, you know, the crucifix, you right? Ooh, son of a bitch. <laughs> um, it's just funny, but you have, like, I kind of wonder, he must have been at least stunned or out of it or something because he waited until he came back down to attack him. Or maybe he just wanted revenge. It could just be a revenge. Thing. Well, maybe he's trying to take a little nap because he'd been poisoned for two <laughs> hours and then somebody shot him. You know, Angela, give the poor, hey. give, give the poor, give the poor uh, tyrant a break. Also, though, maybe the shooting was like helped him get the poison out of his body because you're like bleeding <laughs> all <out>. the adrenaline. <laughs> oh, my um, God. And then in her 2017 book, Princess Olga Andreevna Romanov wrote that Prince Felix was bisexual and that he and Grand Duke Dmitry Pavlovich were lovers. Oh, so that's so nice to kill a tyrant <laughs> with your boyfriend. <laughs> hey. Want to go uh, usurp a monstrous creature, man? <laughs> yeah. So that was a bit, you know, sorted and things. But I mean, that's just, I feel like that story is just, I love it. It's, I mean, it's horrible, but. It's horrible, but yeah. It's entertaining at least. You do got to kind of love it. <laughs> yeah. It's entertaining. Um, yeah. All right. I think we have time for one more. Okay. Okay. Last one out is Piper Kerman. Okay. I'm going to guess that you don't know who this is. She's an author. Okay. Check. And I think I know what she wrote because she mm-hmm. wrote a memoir mm-hmm. or something based on her mm-hmm. life. You're correct. And she's still alive, yes. right? Yes. So then I can only speculate that she wrote Orange is the New Black. Yes. Because I know that was a book before it was a television series. And I know that I remember the name is Piper one of the characters main, in the it's show? It's the main character. Okay. Yeah. So I've never seen the show yeah. other than like adverts and whatnot. Yeah. I watched the first couple series and then. It's a very queer uh, friendly uh, show, right? Yeah. Uh, first couple seasons. I watched the first few seasons, but then, yeah, it just, I don't know. At some point, just, I don't know, life gets busy. Things drop off. Um, yeah. It's actually, I was entertained for the time that I watched it. Um, so she was born in 1969. Good year. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Orange is the New Black was her memoir, My Year in Women's Prison. In it, she talks about the year she served in a women's prison for money laundering and drug trafficking. Okay. And then after that, she became an active advocate for prison reform. And she currently serves on the board of the Women's Prison Association. So she's fought against minimum mandatory sentencing, um, other judicial reforms, and continues to speak out about the inequalities in the criminal justice system. Cool. But yeah, I mean, the main thing she's known for is her memoir, which then inspired the TV show Orange is the New Black, which was a huge hit. Yeah. So. Was that the name of her? That was the name of her book too, right? It's yeah, Orange is the New Black: Colon My Year okay. in a Women's Prison. Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. I like I said, the name seems just familiar. Yeah, you. I think I figured you might have recognized yeah. Piper, but I didn't know if you quite put it together. Yeah, because it was one that I think I watched when you were traveling or something. So, and maybe that's really, maybe I did absorb a couple of those like after coming home and you were finishing off the show. But could be, could be. Yeah. yeah. So, what was her relationships? In her memoir, she does clearly state that she's bisexual. So self-proclaimed. Self-proclaimed. I love it. I don't, 
would have to dig further, but I yeah. don't have anything here about actual. No, I mean, no, we don't need but, proof. You know, no, <laughs> she no. said it and I believe it. Yep. Yep. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, I mean, again, it's just like, I'm, I'm curious to see, we'll have to do this again sometime because. Well, are, we have enough for a part two. Okay. Cause there's a, there's a lot in there that I'm like, I was really hoping we'd get to, we got to some interesting ones. Um, I mean, they're all interesting, but different ways, but I just, again, I just really love highlighting the fact that and there's so, so many, like, this is just a very small snapshot, the ones that I pulled out. Yeah. And there's so many between actors, singers, playwrights, authors, people in politics, activists, like just every walk of life. Right. And mm-hmm. it's just, I love just seeing that, yeah. the variety and, and it, you know, it, no matter who you are, what you want to be or what you want to do, there's still a place for you. Yeah. You know? so, yeah. yeah. Cool stuff. Awesome. Well, who's your favorite bike on? Let us know. You can... Tell us directly by supporting us on Patreon, www.patreon.com slash by the by podcast. Support us at any level and you can join us on our Discord chat where we talk directly to you and you directly to us. Or you can email us, theadamsoflove at gmail.com or hit us up on any of our socials. We are at by the by podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Contact us directly through our website, www.bythebio.com.au. Go to contact. Uh, contact and uh, yeah, you can fill out the form. Fill out the form. <laughs> we get the message. It's great. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this mother up? Thanks for sticking with us. Let us know who your favorite bicons are. We will do this again and again and again because we've got <laughs> enough bicons. See you next week. Planning for your next trip. Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.